Letha, June 2009. Celeste. I don't move, at first. It takes a few seconds to realise that actually I can't. I'm bound, and not just physically. As my eyes adjust to the darkness in my windowless room, I can make out a tiny rectangle of light on the wall in front of me. And I know that I've been caught. I know that she didn't die. Stupidly, I think it's over. The room is as cold as you would expect a jail cell to be. The skin on my breasts, goose pimples, as a numbing chill bolts down my neck, causing my shoulders to judder. Somebody stepping on my grave. My hands are restricted, tied to the frame of the bed, which I now register as double size. Even in the blackness, I'm aware that I've been placed in the centre of the room, rather than up against a wall. Both arms are stretched out perpendicular to my body, but I'm not handcuffed. My wrists are tethered to the bars of the bed frame with what feels like satin or some other equally sleek fabric. The loops holding me in place are not tight, and yet still I cannot seem to move my arms. The same smooth material rubs against my ankles, binding them together and attaching them to the bottom bedstead. What is this? I focus on a strip of light, cocking my head to the right slightly to listen for voices, something, anything that confirms the police have finally captured me. The saliva in my mouth is thick from thirst, the acridity of smoke enveloping every taste bud. I pull at the cloth that fetters me to the frame, trying to release myself. Nothing. Spiritually, my shackles tighten, paralysing my limbs, leaving my body crucified to the mattress beneath. The back of my neck itches, then my lumbar, then the inside of my right thigh. I can't scratch, I can't move. They can't treat me like this. I wriggle my core violently, hoping to dislodge something, my limbs still heavy and motionless. The bed moves half an inch closer to the door, but my situation does not improve. So I scream, with every last one of my muscle fibres twitching simultaneously and the tendons in my neck trembling, I let out a cry that warbles with viciousness. I hold the roar for five seconds, maybe ten, then wait. Nothing. Nobody comes. Again I cry out, this time interspersing my howls with, You fucks! and Let me out! and Who are you? I wait again catching my breath. Silence. I stare intently at the illuminated rectangle ahead of me, my eyes fixed on the same spot, willing the flap to open and reveal the face of my arresting officer, the man to be hailed as a hero, the one who stopped the procession of mutilations and burnings and blood-draining exsanguinations. I want to see January David's eyes, full of pride and achievement, his pathetic feeling of triumph despite the death of the five people he could have prevented if he really knew just what was going on. But despite my powers, I cannot open the small door to the outside of this prison. So I wait. Momentarily, I give up. 
That's exactly what they want. Relaxing into my restraints, I take six long breaths. In through the nose, hold for five seconds, then expel through the mouth. Opening my eyes again on the third exhalation. On the ceiling above me, I can just make out a pattern. A circle, slightly bigger than the bed that I'm lying on. But it's too dark to see what is painted inside. With my vision compromised, it is only a short while before my other senses begin to compensate. I can smell the paint now. I couldn't at first. Whatever the symbol above me is, it is fresh. As if the cell has been recently decorated. Then I smell burning.